This is a loaf of bread, ladies and gentlemen. So, okay, I'm here. I just had the funniest thing happen where I, uh, the base of my mic stand fell off. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? And so, yeah, my, my uh, very expensive microphone here almost toppled to its death. Oh, no. <laughs> I entertained the listeners with some amazing music. That's what I did. <laughs> I was playing it pretty loud, too. Did you hear it? I, yeah, I know. I could hear it. Yeah. Uh, it's still playing. It's <laughs> betrayal and answer. I haven't, I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're <laughs> I'm just doing it while we're doing the podcast. I'm yeah. Just, just be quiet while I listen. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. Betrayal and answer. Yeah. That, that one kind of, kind of sums up the album, you know, uh, I mean, that's what the album's called. So I guess that's, <laughs> That's a clue. I hope so, man. (laughs) It's kind of weird hearing you sing and then talking to you at the same time. I wanted to see how that feel was, you know. Yeah, you should be my wife when I try to make love to her playing my own music. (laughs) (laughs) This is that baby making music, baby. (laughs) That was last album, not this one. No, no, no. (laughs) She thinks it's extra weird when I'm looking at a picture of myself. (laughs) (laughs) So weird, man. (laughs) <laughs> you are into these erotic pictures and stuff you know <laughs> oh man is, is our connection good i was getting a couple of pops on my end but it uh, sounds do I great say? to me sounds okay good. good yeah that's now we're good i I, awesome. <laughs> I did something recently and i did an interview with somebody from i don't know anyway doesn't doesn't matter but they uh they didn't even tell me when the interview was up, and I went and I was curious, and I went to their their uh, YouTube or whatever and looked at it, and I was like, "Oh, that's why, because the audio was horrible." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so apparently we we had like a bad internet connection, and they didn't 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 notice it on their end, I guess, because oh, I see. Uh, it, but anyway, um, so yeah, well, I'm glad that you've at least seemed to have enjoyed what you've heard so far. <laughs> I like it. I was just getting to the last one, be trail and answer until you started talking so rudely. <laughs> I know. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Joan of Arc is my favorite one of the album. <clears throat> Definitely favorite song. Yeah, I. Um, so that was the first song I wrote for the album. I I did a so I've always been a fan of the blues. Mm-hmm. Um, in my early, I, I think every musician who who holds a guitar or something like that, you know, who's into rock and that kind of thing, you have to go through a blues obsession at some point. Mm. And for most of us, I think it's early on. Because you discover the masters who came before you, who invented modern guitar music. So it was in my early 20s when when that happened for me. And I just, you know, couldn't get enough of the blues. And, and, and there seemed to have been, during that time, 
or maybe it was just after, I can't remember, but kind of an explode, some kind of explosion in an appreciation. I think it was Martin Scorsese who had produced like a, a big series on, on uh, PBS or something like that about the blues. And they had different directors. One of the directors I think was even Clint Eastwood uh, who all did their own documentaries about these different aspects and, and personalities of the blues. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, it was like early 2000s, and I went through that, and you never get over it. You don't get it out of your system, but at the same time, I knew I'm not a, I'm not a blues guy. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, that's not like how I was going to define my musical contribution to the world. Right. So, um, and I really agreed with... Lou Reed, Lou Reed, when he formed when he formed the Velvet Underground, I think he, that's when he said no blues notes. And his reasoning behind it was we haven't earned that. Hmm. And he had a deep appreciation for those who did. He had a deep appreciation for. Um, he seemed to have a real deep appreciation, actually, for for just black music artists. But he knew he wasn't that thing. He would tour with Jimmy Scott, and he would just marvel at that voice. And of course, Lou Reed wasn't that, and so he never tried to be. <laughs> he never tried to be. So, uh, so I've never tried to be a blues guy, you know. Um, Did a good job but, though on the album. It was pretty good. Well, thanks. <laughs> But, it, you know, this was a really fun thing about just going back, revisiting that, you know, and um, uh, just kind of reigniting that passion for it that, um, you know, is always there, but, you know, you just kind of let it lay dormant. Well, that's the cool yeah. thing about <clears throat> this whole thing is you're exploring all these different sounds and genres and... I never know what's coming next. I never know what the album cover is going to look like. I mean, what's going on here with this album cover? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was so funny because, uh, you know, everything about this whole process is rushed, you know. <laughs> uh, and so I, uh, the photo for this, I was just like, you know what? Um, I'm just going to go full blues thing. You know, and just a picture of me and my guitar, super corny, super cheesy. <laughs> I'm going to grab my my oldest amp, which is, you know, probably from the, I don't know, mid-60s or something like that. It's a Sears Roebuck amp. Oh. Oh, it's crap. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's crap. It's absolute crap. But I picked it up for 20 bucks like uh, 20 years ago. It looks good. You know, yeah, it, it is a it's a beautiful or, ornament, and crap sounds have a place. Mm. You know, um, if if every sound you put onto a record is glorious, that the, their glory gets in the way of each other. Mm. So, so I say that amplifier sounds like crap, but that doesn't mean it's not useful. Right. It just sounds like crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a lot of movies I love that are 
pretty terrible, but I think they're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if every movie was amazing, you know, you'd have no standard. Yeah. Totally yeah. true. So, um, and you wouldn't even know they were amazing anymore. Yeah. You'd, you'd have to create a new standard for amazing movies. <laughs> and you'd probably choose all the crappy ones. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to this album this morning and I was like, it makes me think of the movie Ad- Adventures in Babysitting when they get caught in the nightclub. And he says, nobody gets out of here without singing the blues. <laughs> that is awesome. I do remember that scene. And I loved it. Isn't that <laughs> so great? So great. I had my daughter watch it the other day. She's like, this movie's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Kids don't realize what they, they missed in the, you know, the 80s. You know, family movies in the 80s were much different than they are now. Yes. Family movies today are so safe. (laughs) It's true. Family movies back then, man, you know, the kids are swearing right and left, you know, they're, they're looking at dirty magazines. They're, you know, um, they're, you know, for better or for worse, they're being real kids. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was a much more normal portrayal of being a kid, you know? Yeah. Now it's like, oh, let's make it very PG, and it's just I'm like, I to, every time I see some of these movies, I'm like, I have no interest in this. Where's the weirdness? Where's the you know extra side boob here and there? I mean, what's yeah? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, you know, they, they don't want to portray you know people smoking or drinking or yeah, you know, things like no that. No one does that. We have Disney Plus, you know, and you know, there's all these warnings before you can watch a cartoon. You really, know, warning. There's betrayal of drinking and smoking. <laughs> and it's like, I don't care if Donald Duck smoked. <laughs> he's a he's a duck. <laughs> you think my kid you think my kid's gonna take up smoking because he saw a duck do it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty ludicrous, you know. It is pretty ludicrous, you know. Like when I watch all the like, you know, vacation movies and stuff growing up. You know, yeah. Beverly D'Angelo showed boob pretty much every movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just like lots of weird stuff going on. And I think my wife and I, because we grew up in that era, we were like, these are like the best movies that you go back and watch. I'm not sure I'm going to go back and watch much of what's out now that is like, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. You, there, there comes a point where you fear for future classics. You know, what's going to be a classic in the, because what's going to be a classic from today's era? You know, what is my 10 year old son going to consider a classic from his youth? (laughs) It's not good, man. Yeah. And it's not to say the world is void of good stuff, but, um, and, 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 you know, maybe we're living in this false nostalgia of, Mm. well, we didn't realize how much crap you know, was out there in our generation because, you know, we remember the good stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, that's the name of your next album, Fear of Future Classics. <laughs> <laughs> Love that name. 
now I'm getting it's, it's input into what's happening. It's a good one. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> you know, soon you're gonna get a, You're gonna be like, I want a producer credit. I, I'm in this. You know, I've been yeah. this. I'm like Shannon. <laughs> this is number six. <laughs> this is number seven. Okay. All right. <laughs> Every time I'm, I'm, uh, you know, kind of wrapping up an album now. The kids are always asking me. Uh, so which number was this, Dad? And I was like, Well, what was the last one? You know, and this was a real conversation. They're like, Oh, it was six. And what comes after six? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, it's like this isn't this isn't difficult. But you know, they, they, they've been doing distance learning for the well, past you know, the kids for are almost a year now. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no fault of the teachers. They're doing their best. Mm-hmm. They're doing their best. You know, whether My they know whether six idiots. or seven, it's uh, <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> They're good at music videos, though. I mean, that's good. Yeah, they they are good. Yeah, I mean... Once they're like my Sears Roebuck amp over here. They're crap, but that doesn't mean they're useless. <laughs> <laughs> For people listening, you're getting like one-tenth of what I get from Simon through texting. It's so just like... <laughs> Like very little of the dark side of Simon. The dark side of Simon, yeah. There's another album title. I'm telling you, man. I'm just popping them off here. Fear of Future Classics. Seriously, doesn't that sound like an album name? It does sound like an album name. It was really funny. Normally, I have a great memory for these things, but I just, I I said something last night, and I knew that I, I needed to make an album name with that. And now... Now that I want to tell it to you, I've forgotten. <laughs> it's just gone. Yeah, it just flew right out of my head. The 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 I yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's really it's, it's really funny how these things go. You know, uh, titling this album, I was going to title it uh, "No One Gets Out Alive." Ah, the main line from the song Joan of Arc. Yes, yeah. But there was something about the title "Betrayal and Answer" that just said blues to me. Um, whether it's because of the call and answer, which is a classic, you know, thing of the blues right. music or, you know, so betrayal and answer just, just, it, and it sounded maybe a little bit more artistic. So I don't, you know, yeah. who knows? Maybe somebody else, you know, <laughs> you know me, I never know what people are going to, you don't know, like, you or never dislike. know. And so, um, you know, a song on the album you haven't got to yet. It's the last song on the album called In Stitches. I actually kind of released a little, what is it called? The IGTV. Oh, okay. the, I do videos on Instagram. Anyway, I just did a, you know, it's just a, the color version of the album cover photo. And, and just the song, you know, that's all it is. And released it today on Instagram. I got some nice feedback from people so far. And uh, um, one guy actually used to play bass in, in my band Subterranean Howl. And uh, he was just like, man, I love the groove of this song. And I said, and I was telling him, thanks. You know, it started off as kind of this homage to Elvis Presley's version of Whole Lot of Shaking going on, which is just one of my all-time favorite tracks of listening to a band just jam and rock out Mm. his band just kills it on that track and you know elvis is always elvis but the band just sounds so freaking good on that track if anybody doesn't know his version 
you know, you can look it up. It's I think the album is on Elvis Country. I think that's uh, the album that it's that it's on. But yeah, it's so good. So anyway, and it has just this killer, killer drum and bass section going. You know, it's just so good. And the acoustic guitar, the driving acoustic guitar. So I was taking those elements and I was going to do something-ish with that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm listening to like the drums I had I had recorded. And I'm starting to... And, and and then I, I did the rhythm guitar next. And I'm just listening back to that and thinking about what's going to come next. And, and all the, you know, just, you know, these things just take lives of their own. And I was like, this song is something else now. And so I ended up doing this anti-blues. And it's not anti as in against blues, but it's basically void of blues notes. Uh, but it keeps the blues structure. Okay. And it keeps that, um, <clears throat> sorry, pardon me. And it keeps that spirit of the blues, the way the, the, the lyrics and the verses are structured and everything like that. But it's like if an indie rock band was told, this is how you do a, a blues structure, but they had never listened to the blues before. Ah. <laughs> Uh, so that's kind of what it, 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 it became. And, and I thought, well, that's a really kind of fitting way to end this album because I'd been spending a lot of the album trying to give it elements of the really old blues records from the fifties and sixties that I love. Yeah. Um, trying to make it sound like I am a band in a room you know, and it's not a high quality production <laughs> because very, very few big labels at the time were picking up blues, you know, blues artists, you know, so, uh, so kind of a low budget kind of a thing and, and everything. And um, uh, so, <clears throat> pardon me, I got this thing in my throat, but uh, anyway, so I, I, I was going to say something bad, a... but I, I thought about it. I'm not going to say <laughs> I really, you set me up big time, man. I was like, uh, you know what? Well, I'm going to abstain know. from this, okay? I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Your audience appreciates that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I was like, why do you have to say that? <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you get sorry. two immature guys just hanging out, you know? <laughs> you know... <laughs> you know, then, like the audience, like you know that Simon's wife thinks we watch dumb movies, and uh, that's okay, you know, because guys got to be dumb sometimes. You know, I don't think they're dumb movies, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I get how some what people think they're dumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm eating a lot of dumb movies. Then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're becoming. You don't even. You know, I, I was uh, talking to my eldest daughter the other day, and. Um, I told her, you know, the other night, I, I tend to listen to, um, not necessarily on purpose, he just pops up there and I listen to him. It's uh, Bill Maher. Um, and, and, and I think he's just a, an a-hole, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and but, but I'm talking to my daughter. And I say, but every time I listen to him, I'm just like, he's saying what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so what does that make you? <laughs> now I'm an a-hole. <laughs> 
I don't like that guy. Daddy sounds like you. Whatever. It's like, no wonder I don't like him. <laughs> he sounds so much like me. Yeah. You, you know, I, it's true. Uh, so, so uh, you know, anyway, it's, it, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a self-fulfilling prophecy or something like that, you know, where you just, if you hate something bad enough, you become it. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe. you know, you know, take, take, you know, I don't want to get too political and everything, but I mean, just take the situation we're in right now where it feels like we hate autocracies and, and that kind of ilk of government so much that we are trying to become it. Right. Or at least a portion of the, of the, of the population is. Mm-hmm. And I've been having all kinds of really interesting conversations lately. Some of them are political. Some of them are religious and things like that. And I had another great conversation with a a Catholic friend of mine. And, and, you know, we're both Christian. Um, She might be a lot more Christian. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> She's not eating weird stuff like us. <laughs> yeah, you know, I well, you know, I, one of the things I actually told her was that uh, you know, I, I my spirituality has become more like a salad bar, yeah. you know, I, because I I just find good ideas everywhere, and I find bad ideas everywhere too. But you know, the more you expand your knowledge and your education about other cultures and and their mythologies, the more you find that, man, the world is too rich to just stick to one thing. Hmm. Um, so <laughs> now I forgot the original point. This is of why you can't do just one album. You have to do 12. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> and it, we got to, ch- I got to change the, you know, the, the the uh, genres and everything because the, why would I want to just be a you know a EDM guy right why would I only want to do that thing yeah you know there's so much to do and explore and learn and and create so well, what have you learned so far I mean this is kind of a summation we're at number seven still got a ways to go what have you learned so far about this music making process. I've one of the big things I've learned that on any given day, I will lose complete confidence in myself as a as a musician mm. and and b as a human being. Whoa, that's heavy, man. <laughs> I mean, well, because when you when when a person is constantly working at the thing. You know, when, no matter what your thing is, but when you're just constantly working at the thing, you're going to have more failures than successes. You're, 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 you know, you can say you're going to have more learning experiences than, you know, first place finishes. Uh, and, 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 and uh, I, I'm trying to wrestle with, so many, uh, we're all trying to do this right now, I'm sure. I'm, I, I'm not sp- trying to put, set myself up as being special in this way, but we're all wrestling with a lot of big ideas right now. Yeah. And I'm trying to wrestle with them in my way in music 
and there's there's there are only questions and to accept that there are only questions and no answers is is a difficult thing to come to it makes you feel even though you ex- even though i know that's actually a better way to live it's so ingrained in our psyche to seek for answers that when the answers don't come, there's something about the, you know, the frailty of humanity that makes us feel like we failed. So that's where I find myself a lot. You're in like a, <laughs> you're, I, I want to imagine that you're like clanking around. I got to imagine, I never met Simon, just for everybody who knows. We're threatening to meet each other, which could be Cladis, Cladis. <laughs> cataclysmic explosion of 1980s meets immaturity. Uh, And I imagine you clanking around, puttering around, making all this amazing, you're so talented, all this music, and then you're having like these existential questions in between (laughs) doing things. And you just feel like, I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of how it is, you know. I mean, think, of, think, of, think of that really stupid tortured artist, you know, the, the super cliche version of it. And I try not to put that on anybody else. So I I, I put up a good facade hmm. and, and I'm pretty good at, at, at the facade. Um, so... And and generally, I, I should say this: I am an optimist. I believe the world to be in its optimum state at any given moment in time. To say that is both a a grace and a condemnation. Hmm. So I give everyone the grace to assume that they're all doing the best they can. Right. The condemnation is being Jack Nicholson's character in his in, in his Oscar winning performance as good as it gets. Yeah. And saying the line, the title of the movie when he's exiting his uh, psychiatrist's office and he looks around the waiting room and he asks the question, what if this is as good as it gets? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, being an optimist and saying the world is in its optimum state is to ask that question. What if this is as good as it gets? What if it is? <laughs> what, what if our expectations of humanity as a group are a little too high? <laughs> really? <clears throat> Man, I tell you what, you are, you're like grinding like the uh, question stone right now. You're like grinding. You're, yeah. I like this. I, I really, really like this. Uh, we're not having an immature 1980s conversation right now, <laughs> which I really we've like. Elevated. We've, we've elevated. We've, <laughs> we've, we're in our final stage of maturity, actually. We're yeah. talking about adult things. <laughs> but then like 10 minutes later, we'll be talking about like Commando or something. <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll find a way to throw in a reference somewhere. <laughs> these are great things i talk about these things all the time too actually i enjoy having these very deep conversations about different um aspects like i I don't mind talking about politics or religion or you know uh ancient medicine like i i'm i will talk to anybody 
about anything, literally. And I'd be like, not really worried about it. <clears throat> you know, I just I'm I'm the same way, but because <clears throat> you know, but but if my opinions discount uh, discount's not the right word, but oppose somebody else's opinions. I have noticed that people wonder if it's, and, and somebody asked me this recently, I wonder if it's worth our time to continue this conversation. Oh, wow. That's actually well, very huh, interesting. Well, my response to that was, well, if either of us is trying to make the other one do a 180 in their worldview, then yeah, this is a pointless endeavor. Yeah. But if the idea is simply to share ideas without any, you know, ridiculous uh, <clears throat> controlling of the other, then that's, that's, that's all I want to do. Yeah. Well, what's your take on what's going on right now? I mean, like, you know, in our country, we had, an, obviously we have an exhausting election that won't end it won't end well, you know, it's never gonna go away <laughs> it is won't end <laughs> well i i tell you man i grew up conservative hardline republican mm -hmm. that's how i grew up that's the family i grew up in um my wife is a registered republican her family very similar to mine hardline republican parents you know um uh, so that's the background. I left that world a long time ago, somewhere around 20 years ago. I said, ta-ta. Ta-ta. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> TTFN. Word, Simon. Ta-ta. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to leave, you have to be snooty about oh, it. Oh, ta-ta. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, yeah, royalty yeah. leaving? Yeah. <laughs> Ta -ta. I'm like a royalty being exiled, you know? <laughs> ta ta. Oh, ta. I'm leaving this Republican body. <laughs> you can keep the elephant. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the popular misconception is that when you leave one thing, that you are joining the opposition. Ah, oh, yes. So because I left in the Republican Party, even though I registered as an independent, I'm a registered independent, it, my friends and family who are Republicans still today just assume I'm, you know, this flaming liberal, liberal you know, super far left Democrat. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just not the case. No. no. <laughs> I have just as many. They're different issues, but I have just as many issues with the left as I do with the right. Yeah, same here. So, um, uh, and 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 even in this election, and in the 2016 election, I could say the same thing. You know, it's like I have just as many issues with both sides. I do heartily accept that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won this election. <laughs> and I heartily endorse them to take office in January. Um, and I can't wait to say ta-ta to Donald Trump. Ta-ta, <laughs> Trump. Ta-ta. Right. Cheerio. <laughs> speaking of, oh my goodness, it was so funny. I cracked up so bad. So speaking of old movies, uh, this one from the 90s, though, uh, my wife had never seen True Lies. 
No. So we watched it. And, you know, she didn't like all of it. There's a lot of, you know, explosions and guns going off and everything. That's the best part. (laughs) Well, actually, you know, my favorite part is is his, his wife and Jamie Lee Curtis. And I was talking to my wife afterwards, and, and I, yeah, and I said, I you know, I I said, you know, I've been racking my brain to think of another actress who could have played that part as well or better, and I can't think of anybody. I can't think of anybody. Jamie Lee Curtis in her prime, exuding uh, vulnerability, sexiness, fragility, strength. Just all these things. I mean, she, in that movie, even though it's just a silly action comedy, she does this, she gives this performance that is hilarious, awesome. You know, I I mean, she's just so dang cool. So she's, you know, my favorite part of the movie by far. But Arnold's always a joy. And, um, oh, yeah. You know, it, even even at the worst moments of that movie, and, and I say the worst not as in I don't like them, but they're just so over the top, <laughs> cheeseball corny. So when he fires the missile with the guy on it at yeah, the end, through the building into the helicopter, I mean, it's just you know, talk about jumping the shark. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pretty cool though. Come on, <laughs> but he gives the famous line: "You're fired." <laughs> you're fired you know and that's all i could think of you know when when uh you know uh, uh you know when trump lost the election all you know all everybody could think of probably is the line you're fired ta-ta, <laughs> ta-ta. <laughs> you know there is a great great song by elvis costello and i've been a huge fan of the song for at least you know i don't know since i heard it which was maybe 15 20 years ago since i became aware of it and it's called tramp the dirt down Mm. and if you haven't heard that song please go check it out because i tell you in the last four years that song has been on just a constant loop in my head really i gotta check this out so stinking good (laughs) i mean a virtuosic songwriting performance by Elvis Costello. Um, it's super smart. It's intelligent. It's poignant. It's political. It's heartfelt. It's, it's a, you know, what more could you want in a song? I ask you. I ask you. <laughs> are you not entertained? <laughs> You know, when I when I hear songs like that, you know, that, that's like, oh, man, you know, that that song, not to try and imitate it and mimic it and copy it. But that song is my ideal to strive towards. Mm. Where just everything, you know, I don't want to spoil the song for you, but just, you know, so I don't want to tell you too much about what it's about and everything. I feel like it's a movie I'm setting you up for. I don't want to give away the plot. It's okay. But spoiler but, alert. Uh, <laughs> no, but just the, the, the themes of the lyrics and then the, the musical choices and just all these things just intertwine and interweave to create this perfect 
conceptual song. And uh, so anyway, uh, that, that that's just in, in my songwriting, you know, it's just always what I'm shooting for. So like in this album, I'm just putting out, you know, doing the blues thing. Right. Um, so what was, I was like, okay, well, I don't want to just do a bunch of, oh, my baby left me blues. You know, right. I mean, that, that's not what I'm about. I'm having all these crazy conversations uh, with, with interesting intellectual, spiritual conversations with people. And I am this nerdy white guy from, you know, who grew up in Alaska. What right do I have to sing the blues? So in order to do this, I have to inhabit a, a character. I have to be, just be an actor. And I decided to inhabit um, this terrible murderer. What? What just <laughs> <Yeah>. happened? <laughs> so, um, so th- this album is just full of old style test or Old Testament style, yeah, um, violence. This album is an eye for an eye. This album starts out with uh, the song Laid to Rest. Beautiful song, by the way. The beginning, I was like, oh, I love this. And it, I thank you. What is, I don't, I don't want to hack up her name. Danelle, is she? Danelle, yeah. She's singing mm-hmm. in the beginning, right? Is with you? Yep. Yep. That's her. Man, uh, once again, you know, she came over and w- once again had one of those moments where she's listening to this. She's like, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> and i'm like i know i i'm i'm going everywhere i'm i'm moving in between notes everywhere you know yeah <laughs> try, try and you know on a song like that i had to to get that um feel that i talked about earlier of it being kind of a, a low budget per you know kind of a thing yeah. i'd set up a microphone to capture the whole room and the vocal take I did while playing the acoustic guitar, um, you know, into that mic. So the main guitar and vocal are recorded at the same time in, in a, in, into a microphone that's really just picking up the whole space. And uh, so it doesn't sound like super clean and, and crisp that we're used to hearing on a modern recording. And uh, so anyway you know, once again, and I do it in one take and I listen back, I'm like, well, you know, there's, there's some discrepancies, <laughs> but come on, that's what we're doing. <laughs> so when she comes over to, you know, she's listening to it. She's like, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I, I can't even redo the vocal if you asked me to because of how I recorded it. So yeah. you're stuck. You're stuck harmonizing pretty with me, good. Danelle. <laughs> that's pretty good. And then you're like when Joan of Arc, the, the, the growl, and the sound, I was like, he's losing his mind. <laughs> and we're all benefiting from it. <laughs> so that was it. You know, I, I said that was the first song I wrote for this. And, and, and it, you know, it's a feminist manifesto. Oh. And, it, and it's a violent one. You know, it's, it's called Joan of Arc. And, and, it's, and it, trying to tell the tale of a modern Joan of Arc, somebody who's hearing voices like Joan of Arc did. You know, the first lines are, what do the voices tell her? What do the voices say? Um, The next line is something like, um, uh, there'll be a reckoning. The hand of God won't be stayed. 
and it goes on to describe the uh, the types of people that the hand of God won't be stayed against. And these are the the men who've taken advantage, who've sought dominion over others, who've, you know, basically the patriarchy, right? Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Um, yeah. And you remember your lyrics this time. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, even though I wrote it first, I recorded it yesterday. <laughs> what? So... Um, about an hour, I, you know, I finished that song about an hour and a half before I sent you the album. So, <laughs> Simon, this so. is such a roller coaster with you, man. Like, I'm getting way more in this than I thought I was getting. Out of this anyway, I just, I did this in four days. Wait, hold, wait, wait. I need an extra month. So I <laughs> well, hold on. You know, I need more time. This is. This is the uh, this is the life of the immature artist. You know, I mean, <laughs> the immature artist. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I I've been trying. My wife just started a new job. Mm-hmm. She's been at this job a week and a half now, and um, I have been tried to just make myself completely available, even though I'm not always very good at that because I'm a lazy sob. But I uh, have tried to just be around, right? Um, and locking myself in the studio is not a very good way to be around. And in fact, I did that this past Sunday. And, and I didn't even mean to. I, I didn't think I was doing anything. Or maybe it was Saturday. It was Saturday that this happened. We had spent the morning just kind of chilling out. It was another cold, rainy Oregon morning and, you know, not much going on. And we were just kind of chilling and stuff like that. And then I just decided, oh, I should go record a song. <laughs> so <laughs> I walk like in that. the studio. Yeah. And, I, and I'm and i in here for, for about four or five hours. And I, I record the whole song and I do the whole mix and everything. And, um, and you know, everything's fine and it's good. And um and then my wife has this real attitude the rest of the night. I'm like, man, something is off. It's just off. It's just off. She is such a, a a wonderful, kind, you know, partner. And, you know, so obviously, but she's also a hard on her sleeve kind of person. Mm-hmm. Feelings just, you know, just exude from her. She, they glow out of she. She's she's like she's, she's like a nuclear <laughs> feelings you know that just <laughs> radiate out of her so anyway uh so I, I finally asked her what's wrong she's like well you know what i don't really appreciate it when you just disappear into the studio and and you're just gone and nobody can talk to you i'm like well you can just knock on the door she's like well you don't want us to do that because you we don't want it. you know and it's a thing you know yeah they are right uh, you know, she is right. I don't like to be interrupted when I'm in the <laughs> That's middle right. of recording something. I mean, that is absolutely correct. You know, if I'm in the middle of a vocal take, <laughs> I don't want somebody opening the door. Um, so, but the other side of that, and I was thinking about this as well, um, a- after I had had that conversation with my wife, uh, and, and, and that conversation, by the way, it was a lot of laughs and, you know, it, it wasn't like, <laughs> we're not getting divorced, <laughs> No, but, uh, but it, you know, after that conversation, I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking, you know, why do I get 
I just get automatically angry by being interrupted. And I don't, I, I try to never communicate that anger. I try to always just be patient and bite my tongue and bite my feelings and just be happy to see somebody or that somebody wants to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but my natural internal reaction is to be angry at being interrupted at any time, doing anything. Um, so, but my philosophy is at odds with that because my philosophy, especially in music and in my own creation, is that nothing is sacred. I, I wrote an, another extra like five songs that didn't make it on the album. I just threw them out. Whoa. They're not sacred. They don't, you know, they mean nothing to me. Nothing. <laughs> ta, ta ta songs. Ta ta songs. <laughs> ta ta. <laughs> but that's the idea and actually you know i don't want to get into spoilers here but this philosophy is going to be explored this next month okay um uh and uh, i won't go into it any more than that but Feels this deep. philosophy i you know i hope it is even though i don't think the music is going to sound like it's trying to be deep because the philosophy is that nothing in this is sacred, you know, and, and you know, I, I just get too involved in my own head sometimes yeah. wondering if I've recorded the right song, if I've written the right part, if I've written the right lyric. And, and, and a part of that is really healthy because it informs my own artistic integrity. But the other part of that is unhealthy in which I assume that something I'm doing is so sacred that I could do it wrong. And it's not, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's, it's just not nothing I'm doing is so amazingly groundbreaking and sacred. And, and, and I'm not treading on hallowed ground over here. I'm, I'm just creating something, you know, and, and so anyway, letting go of that kind of baggage is, is a difficult thing to do while at the same time retaining that integrity. I mean, you're really go you're really searching on this today. I mean, <laughs> you're the next album should be called Grappling Tata. Grappling Tata. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Grappling with myself. <laughs> well, yeah. there should be a song called Tata. That's for sure. I tell you um, what, man. Can you sing it like in a British accent? <laughs> you know many many moons ago i was hired to do a to, to just um be the the ghost singer mm. on on these tracks yeah and so i was brought in by this producer and you know just being paid to just do this thing so anyway he's doing a very kind of killers it was, it was when this will date it and this will help us know when this happened it was when the killers were really big like oh, their first album 
just blew up, you know? And so this guy, this producer guy, you know, he's like, we're, we're doing this song and it's going to, I remember the name of the song because my wife and I laugh about it all the time. It was called across the room. Mm-hmm. And, and so he was, and I was recording the vocal for it and he's coaching me to do it, you know, di- you know, just a little di- bit different, you know, and, and, and what he kept hinting at and what he finally just spoke plainly is that I want you to sound more British. <laughs> more British. <laughs> yeah. And so without trying to do some ridiculous British accent, you know, I found myself like towing this line of uh, maybe sounding like a British person's trying to sound American. Oh. Kind of like the Stones or something, but, you know, in a, in a modern killer's kind of context, you know. So anyway, it was just, that was a... That was a hilarious uh, experience. It so you didn't me... sound like Austin Powers is what you're saying? No. <laughs> no. Uh, but, you know, there, there's moments in time when you realize that you don't want to be produced by other people. Oh, that's what this is. <laughs> like... <You know? laughs> and so you told uh, them, ta-ta, we're not doing yeah, this anymore. Yeah, ta-ta. <laughs> Oh, you want to sound more British? Cha cha. No more of me doing this. <laughs> Taking my royal baggage and leaving. <laughs> he was a really nice guy. You know, yeah, the, the song the song was just so bad. It was one of these songs. Oh, like, really? Oh yeah. I mean it was it was a song trying to be a top forty hit. Oh. You know, when when you're just trying too hard, you know, to be a top forty hit. Yeah. And you're just monkeying, you know, monkey mimicking, you know, whatever is hip and whatever lyric you heard on another top 40 hit, you know, and all that stuff, you know. And and, uh, so, you know, I mean, hey, if I've got one thing uh, as far as integrity goes, it's nobody can accuse me of that. (laughs) (laughs) You're definitely not copying. These are all like very different sounding things i'm always amazed i'm like this is crazy like where are we going here <laughs> like, does he know where we're going here <laughs> yeah. well i wanted to do you know this musical journey and i wanted to um kind of tell this narrative it's not a consistent narrative and, and the music isn't consistent either i don't know if you were listening on headphones or anything like that to the music yeah. today but um And I don't know if you were cognizant of the changes in stereo to mono. I definitely But some of the songs. Oh, yeah. Okay. So some of the songs are just this wide, beautiful stereo image. And then some of the songs are recorded in mono. And, you know, people don't do that on albums. You know, I mean, it's super rare that an album is recorded in mono at all anymore. Um, we, we basically have a set standard for how music is supposed to be recorded today. Um, and, and mixed and mastered and everything. And it's not to say people aren't doing creative things, but you know, we have a general standard, you know, what you're expecting to hear when you hear music on the radio. Um, and, and mono isn't, isn't what we're expecting to hear anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So so it, it is fun to, to play with that, and it's fun to um, challenge myself to make a record that I think sounds great, but is doesn't sound like what we're used to hearing. Um, 
you know, stereo music, when, when stereo first became a big thing, they were doing all kinds of stuff. So when you were listening to it back in the day, you could have had, you know, bass and drums on one side, all the guitars on the other side. And the only thing in the middle was the vocal. Right. Sometimes, sometimes it wasn't even that. Sometimes uh, you go listen to some old, uh, like John Lee Hooker albums and his voice is all the way on the left side for some reason. It's like, who made this decision <laughs> that John Lee Hooker's vocal was only going to come out of one speaker? True. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a really weird idea. Um, but uh, so some of those records can sound really weird to us today, but back then they were just like, wow. And, and how novel to be able to, you know, put something all the way over here and all the way over there, you know, so we'll just do it even if it doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm really glad you were enjoying this album, you know, uh, I, I I didn't expect this album to be anybody's favorite. I, I didn't expect it to be my favorite, but it does have, I, I, I gotta say, I, I do love that Joan of Arc song. So I think that's, I think that's one of my favorite songs that I've done during this project. That's interesting. I, I, you know, I texted that to you. I was like, Joan of Arc, baby. Like, it's just, uh, I tell you, man, I've definitely had some, like, I can definitely tell you my favorite songs of like, just like maybe top three of all the albums so far. Because I'm like, man, they just hit me. Just like bomb me when they come on. I'm like, I got slapped in the face. With that, <laughs> you know, the one, the uh, I am gonna hack it up, but that's uh, sitting on a rainbow, uh huh. Something about that does it for me, it just does it for me. I think that's it's awesome. the weird sounds in the beginning of it. It's like I like that weird sounding sound. I don't know, it's it's, it's weird. I want to hear a short, funny story about that. Um, right, like the week that was released. Um, or the weekend after, I think, uh, that album was released. Um, my parents were here in Oregon and we had done this a long time. We rented this beach house and we were going out to Lincoln city out on the coast. And, uh, we're just going to spend four days out there with my parents and all the kids. And it was so much fun and everything. Well, one night, you know, um, my mother was asking about the music and I was like, well, here, I'll let you hear some of it. And she's just hearing it on the phone speakers, you know. So, I mean, it's going to sound like trash. But she's listening to Sitting on a Rainbow and the, you know, the synth sounds and everything that come in at the beginning. And she's hearing that on the phone speakers. And she's just like, why did you do this? (laughs) (laughs) What's your problem, man? (laughs) She literally asked me why I decided to use those sounds. (laughs) And I, you know, I tried to plead with, you know, I was like, well, I mean, they sound different on speakers, but I mean, they are, you know, I mean, you know, once again, you know, I mean, if I've heard it on the radio too much, you know, or, or heard it, uh, I, I don't get very interested in trying to create sounds I've already heard before. Yeah. Um, which was a little bit of a departure with this blues album because I was listening to so many old blues records and not, once again, not trying to mimic them, but not trying to copy them, but at the same time, trying to get that feel and that spirit. So, you know, it, it's a 
it's a difficult thing to toe the line of, you know, it's, it's like trying to tightrope on floss. It feels like sometimes where you're, you know, um, accepting that art is mimicry, that you're standing on the shoulders of giants. And at the same time, trying not to just be a carbon copy and, you know, and at the same time, wanting to maybe somehow advance the conversation of the music you're playing uh, and not degrade it. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's a big fear, too, that that if you if I'm going to take on, you know, a genre as uh, as uh, important as the blues, that I don't want to degrade that conversation of that genre. Um. <laughs> you really think about this stuff, man. I mean, you're like, this is like deep Simon. This episode is, is deep Simon. It's, it's, it's struggling. It's grappling. There's lots of, you know, this and that, but it's also British. It's very British. Oh, so this, very, <laughs> very, yeah. It's, it's very, very ostentatious. <laughs> very <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You want to get Randy, baby? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, th- this is this is me at my most self-important, um, oh, okay. and, and 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 you know, these are the times when I I, I always want to caution anybody I'm talking to because I'm just like, I don't want you to think I've lost my sense of humor about myself because. You know, nobody laughs at me more than I do, you know, for, you know, <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, at the same time, um, uh, I can't help but just obsess about these things. I'm just an obsessive personality. Just so obsessive, Simon. <laughs> just so obsessed with this. So, so I, I will just think day and night. I mean, just last night, man, I was just lying in bed. I had gone to bed before one uh-huh. and 4 a.m. is coming along and I'm just still lying there thinking. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, what? that's pretty typical, you know, <laughs> typical. You're thinking about the world? <laughs> Yeah, just I mean everything, everything, anything, you know, uh, and and the mind just doesn't want to shut down. It doesn't want it. It doesn't seem to have an off switch. Mm-hmm. And and it's not like a negative thing. I'm not caught in some kind of negative loop. I'm just thinking and I'm obsessively thinking about uh, about all these types of things that we've been talking about today. And, um, and especially, you know, finishing an album, I, I can go into, uh, a terrible state of mind. (laughs) (laughs) You're like tail spinning after these albums. You're like, no, (laughs) that's part of the reasoning I wanted to do this project is to try and train myself not to fall into this terrible tailspin every time I finish a project. Because that's my pattern. That's my MO, you know? Yeah. And uh, in the past, because I've been working with so many other people, it takes so long to finish a project, which I think sometimes made the tailspin even worse. Because uh, you spend yeah. a year on a project, 
and then you finish it. And then it's just like, I spent a year doing this, you know, and it's all subconscious. It's none of these are conscious thoughts. Subconscious is just like, what have you done? (laughs) And this is it. (laughs) This is it. (laughs) What if this is as good as it gets? (laughs) Oh, you brought it back. What if it is? (laughs) You're fired. You're fired. Oh, man. (laughs) Do you ever think about like the last album? Have you thought about it? You're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be over at some point. Um, I, so here, here's my big anticipation about album 12 is I, I just think to myself, what could I possibly do as a final chapter? It's kind of like just ending the book. Yeah. And, and how many good books and movies fall flat at the end? I knew you were going to say this. I knew it. You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's it, man. Because, sucked, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, man. It, it's just so many great filmmakers, storytellers, directors, writers. They, they do so well at writing a compelling narrative, but the conclusion is so more, it seems more often than not really, yeah. really wanting. So, oh, no. <laughs> so that don't do this. <laughs> Don't go so, down this alley. And 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 to 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 say this is the last one. The the assumption I think will be that I've somehow saved my best for last. <laughs> yeah. Just when you thought your time had my time had passed. That was it. <laughs> um so we you know we we end up going down this road now where it's just like, um, I, I need to keep my expectations low and I hope other people who've been following this <laughs> keep are keeping their expectations low that I'm going to suddenly pull something out of my pocket. That's like, here's the best album you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, I was thinking the last album was going to, you know, on the podcast would be like a live studio performance. No pressure. Uh, but <laughs> 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 you know i'm gonna do that i'm just and gonna it's it's just gonna be a cover of old mcdonald <laughs> oh, come on. It's, gonna, it's gonna be one minute long that should be my ultimate prank on everybody who's been following me on this project is that the last album is just like some covers of some uh, some songs that I don't have to pay for the rights for, and uh, <laughs> and, and they're just all on kazoo. <laughs> you just like crawl <laughs> past the finish line, like ah, I'm done here. Ah. <laughs> you know, that'll be the whole album. <laughs> just kazoo the hell out of it. <laughs> just like yeah. Well, there's a, you know, I already mentioned Lou Reed once today, but I'm going to mention him again. Uh, there's a great story of um, one of his albums that uh, he had, he had recorded an album and then the, then the studio was anxious for him to get on and record his next one. And he was kind of like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have anything to record. I, I don't know if this story is really exaggerated or not, but um, so he, he ends up doing this album that is just all guitar noise and feedback. There are no songs. 
And he's like, here you go. I made you a record. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so that sounds like, uh, it sounds like something I, I, I do. Just an <laughs> album of microphone feedback. <laughs> just, just, the whole just thing. enjoy everyone. Please, please. <laughs> so but you know i i i hope i do pull something out you know that, i mean that that's the hope that's the dream that that i you know the 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 last album will be the best one and i'll somehow find you know i i'm i could never run out of genres in the world right of music but genres that i would be capable enough of making an album in of in a month that I might run out of. <laughs> mm, yeah. So does that make sense? Or I'm just like, okay, you know, I get to album 10. I've, you know, explored maybe, you know, 10 kind of genres. I mean, maybe 11 and 12. It's like, oh man, what do I, what, you know? So I'm kind of worried about that. I only have um, in mind, I only have three uh, more genres that I, that I know I want to do. Oh. And that will get me to 10. You're at 10 then. Yeah, so 11 and 12 are a mystery to me of if I if I I I have any uh and and, and that's, you know, I I'm sure I'll think of something, but you know, they might be complete disasters. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just mentioned distortion and kazoos. I mean, that's it, man. I mean, I think that's where we're at at this point. I mean, this is going to be my like son, just tramp, tramping across the line. Like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> my son told me the other day that I should do uh, like a, a, a crooner album, a oh, Sinatra wow. crooner album. And I was like, boy, if there's something the world doesn't need. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, mm, yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's... Uh... <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, um, it could uh, that could be a real disaster. Um, <laughs> Just the plane's gonna crash, man. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so sure about that one, man. <laughs> Just really not sure about that. Yeah, I did it my way. Uh, yeah, I don't know if the world wants that. I don't. I'm I don't not so sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> uh, you know that we should all we should all work to push past our personal limitations while recognizing <laughs> that we had them in the first place. Exactly, <laughs> most definitely, man. You know, I mean, I I'm not all of a sudden gonna like break my my 50 meter you know dash record you know by like five seconds. You know that ain't gonna happen. You know, I mean, so. <laughs> It ain't got to be realistic with the limitations that we can push past. Well, I'm looking forward what to if it. This is well, thanks, man. I mean, your, your support is always so appreciated and um, it, it's always so helpful for me to actually talk to you after completing one of these albums. It helps me, it you know, steady the plane a little bit, you know, uh, especially now <laughs> since you're going off the deep end, man. I mean, <laughs> I just heard like an hour of you like contradicting yourself. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, if we're if we're not contradicting ourselves constantly, we're not being honest with ourselves. This guy's laying up at night to four a.m. thinking about the planet. (laughs) 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 By the way, in true lies, how terrible is that they have? It's always like a Middle Eastern terrorist. You know, like in these movies, man. Yeah. You know, it's really funny because in the 80s, uh, Cold War, so it was Russia, you know, kind of like 60s through the 80s, we were kind of obsessed with Russia being the nemesis. And then we moved on kind of like in the 80s, we did have some Middle Eastern terrorism, you know, so we we moved in like Delta Force, I think, dealt with it, you know, big time. So, so, uh. So we we did start moving on Rambo two or three. Yeah, which one was it? Three goes to Afghanistan or something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so so we we started making that push in the eighties, I think, and then in the nineties, I think we just went with it, and uh, now now every Muslim's a terrorist. <laughs> exactly, man. We just went off the deep end, man. Well, listen, man, it is a true pleasure to listen to these every time. It's also a true p- pleasure to be your friend. And I enjoy that uh, just as much. Thank with you. All this stuff, man, for sure. Mutually. I mean, I don't like listening to your music, but I, I do well, enjoy it. you know, it. whatever. <laughs> Friendship part. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> we'll keep that. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Great talking to you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.